Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with your charismatic host and prominent safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Be entertained and informed as the Safety Doc discusses both best and bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. The truth will keep you safe. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. Hi, everybody. This is the Safety Doc. I am back from Disney Orlando. And, hey, you know, we're a little bit off here on timing for the weekly show. So this one is going to be a couple days late, um, but then I will get back on track um, next week. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about the butterfly effect. But before we get into that, I want to talk a, a little bit about my trip to Disney Orlando from a safety perspective. One is there's a product I use called, and I'm not getting endorsed by this at all, um, it's, it's Jackery. I'm holding it up here for those of you who are watching the YouTube video so you can see it's not very big. It easily fits in a pocket. and has a, a mini USB and a regular USB uh, so you can hook it up to a computer and charge it. Then you can hook this mini USB up to your your phone, at least my Android, my Samsung phone, it worked perfect. But what it does is basically it's just a battery. And so you charge this up, and then you are able to um, kind of re- reverse the plugs here. This will plug in. The USB will plug into here, and this part will plug into your phone. It does a quick charge of your phone, and it does it once or twice. So when I was around Disney Orlando, this thing was phenomenal. I mean, it worked awesome, perfect. So Jackery, J-A-C-K-E-R-Y, Jackery, making these mobile chargers. And this was one of the smaller ones, and it wasn't that expensive. It's hefty. I mean, this thing's made of metal, feels very durable, very reliable. If you press it, uh, some blue lights turn on, letting you know it's on, and then um, it'll it'll shut itself off. I, it actually has a neat little flashlight feature on it, too, which I didn't use, but actually there was one point when we were at Disney looking for our buses when I thought about pulling this thing out and, and using the flashlight uh, feature, but I didn't, you know. So, But anyway, well worth the money. Um, Jackery, again, J A. C-K-E-R-Y, and what it is is it's just it's a battery charger for your phone. So, you know, you go out like, I knew we'd be out at Disney, and I'm not going to have a place to recharge my phone. And granted, my phone held the charge pretty well, but I did need to give it a full reboost, you know, one time with my Jackery because we were out from, you know, 8 in the morning until 10 plus at night. And this thing worked phenomenal, and it's fast. I mean, it's it's really fast. It did a great job. So, just um, you know, I'm not here for product endorsements. I don't I don't get anything from this from Jackery. I had to pay for this, but this is really a nice product. And what I do is I bike a lot in summer. When I bike, I take on some tra- crazy treks. You know, like seventy, eighty plus miles. Um, and I'm bringing this thing with me from now on. This will always be packed with me so I have the ability to recharge my cell phone if needed. Um, and, and again, I think I, I got about two full charges, recharges out of this. So um, very nice, very nice device again, and it recharges quickly. Um, it's easy to use. You just plug it in the USB port of your computer um, to recharge it. And it's it's compact. It's it's made of metal. It's very durable. So again, Jackery. Just again, I, I'm not into advertisements, folks. I'm not getting anything out of this. But this is something as a safety device. Think about even in winter, or if you're taking a trip somewhere, um, or hiking, you know, or, or or anything, and you have your phone with you. Now this one works with a Samsung phone. I I. I can't tell you if it works with an apple or not but you know definitely i would want this with me i mean this is this is a standard piece of equipment uh very easy to use it does have a a button you press um somewhere here on it and uh it'll light up you know indicating that it's that it's charging and and now that's not charging it'll shut off in about a minute so but again jackery a really nice a really nice product um and I'm very glad I purchased it. I used it through the trip. It served me very well, very reliable. Um, so a few things. Um, 
One, again, is we're a little bit off this week because, of course, I'm not, I, I didn't have my recording studio down in Disney Orlando. Um, ironically, the Internet service down there isn't the greatest. Um, now, not to knock the trip because, you know, the Disney World itself is pretty phenomenal. Um, but the Internet access and the speed of the Internet at the hotel or the resort, I should say, not not the hotel, but the resort, um, wasn't, you know, wasn't actually as quick as the best Westerns we stayed at on our way down and our way back. So um, a few kind of uh, funny anecdotes to share. One is, first, I am wearing a skull, which I which I bought at Disney. My daughters kind of went to crazy buying a lot of different merchandise, but we they did save up and... and did spend a part of the money that they had saved um, on different things, but I decided to go for the skull. I thought it was kind of cool, and uh, and so that's why I'm wearing it today. Um, but I do also have a Baymax uh, from Big Hero 6 and a few other things, and I did get my picture taken with Baymax. Um, as you can tell, my hair is pretty wild. Actually, all I did with that is um, threw in some gel and just moved it back with my hands i had a visor on pretty much every day i was down there including today on the way back um and that worked out well so um kind of kind of ironic because i get my i i got my haircut less than two weeks ago and it's already grown out to what you see today and it was like really short uh my hairstylist says i have the fastest growing hair of anyone she's ever ever cut hair with so and i've been with her like for six seven years you know for cutting hair so um i'll take that as a good thing my my dad said i have my grandpa reinert's hair apparently he was in his 90s when he had died and had a full head of hair so let's hope you know maybe that stays so um but anyway yeah we did return home today about 4 30 uh, Wisconsin time. We left from Paducah, Kentucky, um, as kind of our uh, one of our mid stops to get here. We did kind of break it up on our way down and on our way back. I did. I actually like Paducah a lot. Uh, I want to give a shout out. There's a place called I think the King's Castle. It's a restaurant been there for 75 years and it's family run. Uh, they do just a just a wonderful like pulled pork and and, and things like that. It's funny because. You know, you get the menu, it's like, here's a buck seventy-five, two dollars and twenty cents. I mean, you get the total bill, it's like twenty dollars for it. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievably inexpensive and, and it's good and it's down home cooking and very nice people. So, uh, just an appreciation and, and to everybody in Paducah really being, um, showing us hospitality, being very nice to us. So, uh, also then spent some time in Dolan, Alabama, the peanut capital of the United States. Um, and they have their annual peanut festival. So also a nice place, um, but didn't quite get to know that. That's more commercialized. It's, it's kind of a metro hub down there. So, you know, like 60,000 in the city, then maybe a hundred thousand plus metro where Paducah is a little bit smaller. Um, so... But, uh, but yeah, some very interesting things, of course. Um, so a few things I had never observed before. One was going down, once you get into Alabama, now some of you who listen to the Safety Doc Show, first of all, um, I do have a, a follower on uh, my blog now uh, who is a blind lady who uses a guide dog. She's younger than I am. She she has a phenomenal blog. I, I don't have it available before me right now, but I will share that out. Um, and, and it really is touching when I do the show, I do the blog, and people read, and, and people email me and say, you know, I found benefit in this, or, or this was really... Um, you know, made me reflect or, or I laughed or something like that. Um, and, and I appreciate that. I really, I really do because I, I know that the blog is, is gaining. 
it was funny because I mean we were when we were in Orlando, which was you know like nine days or something like that. Um, I mean, I did very little on on Twitter. I mean, I did a couple of retweets, and I just I mean, I didn't have the time. And uh, we still gained, you know, probably fifty followers on on Twitter. Um, so, uh, and now that I I'm able to go back and devote the time to thanking my Twitter followers, you know, which I'll go back and do. Um, I also am working with a professional in the area who who rebuilds or, or builds websites um the website associated with a w- with this show is crisisprepconsulting.com you know which is kind of long and i started out doing more of crisis uh, prep consulting where i work with school districts and, and that worked that, that worked out well that was good but i'm kind of beyond that um as far as what i do now mostly um, well, I teach at the university level, which is, is for the last 14 years has been, you know, a, a big ancillary part of what I professionally do. But, um, I also now do more expert witness work than I've ever done before. And there's much demand for that. So really, you know, I have some clients that I continue with through consulting, through school, um, safety consulting, but I'm not looking at take, I, I'm not going to take on any more. So, um, with the expert witness that that can be very consuming. Actually, before I left on a on a, a legal suit that I'm working on right now, um, helping the the plaintiff, they contacted me like two days before I left for Orlando and and had me do some some work. They were going into a discovery hearing. <laughs> I was like, hey, okay, like I'll give you like a couple hours, but that's it because like I've, I've got to get packed, I got things ready, and plus like when I'm in Orlando, like I am off limits, so in which they respect it. But that's kind of where I'm at right now is just doing much more of that. So anyway, this person is completely redesigning my my website. I do have the Crisis Prep Consulting website, which is listed in my my Twitter as my primary contact. But actually, I'm going to be sunsetting that website, moving everything over to safetyphd.com. She's doing that for me. She's also a graphic artist, so um, and she's skilled in GoDaddy and has built you know other websites and things like that. So no, it's not like a Fiverr deal. It's it's just it's um, somebody that I know who does this. So um, I'm looking forward to that because it's going to link everything together, like the blog. And then also my my work on iTunes and SoundCloud and the video and, you know, the 405 media. So before I move on, a big thank you to John Grant and the 405 media. Uh, John, I wanted you to know that I did wear my Badgers apparel when I was down in Disney, and that's when the Badgers were in the Sweet 16. Um, and actually a couple people give me high fives, uh, really getting a lot of attention because of the Badger apparel, uh, po- positive attention. Uh, but John Grant, who has ties to Wisconsin, also now runs the 405 Media out of Los Angeles, California, which is the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. Um, just a wonderful lineup of um, very intelligent very, very, uh, I should say, educated, um, non-mainstream perspectives on a number of different issues. Just go and look at the lineup of of presenters um, in the schedule. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. Personally, for me, I, I don't gain my information from the mainstream media at all. Um, you know, I go online. And actually, it's kind of interesting, too. There, there's this guy... With the Oroville Dam crisis um, out of out of California, the largest dam, like 700 some feet, and now they're having problems because of the spillway. Half of it gave way, but now they're they had four individual teams come in there, um, engineering teams to give evaluations of like the spillway and stuff. And all four of them said, like, this is just absolutely crazy the way this thing was built. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so. Um, but you know, in 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 looking at that, I'm kind of like, oh my goodness! I mean, this is this is pretty freaky stuff. Um, and they're saying, you know, it's, it's a good thing this didn't fail like ten years ago. It's amazing this held up as long as it did. Um, 
But, you know, I I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but um, shout out to John Grant and the 405 Media in California. I think you're far away from where the uh, Oroville Dam crisis is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, definitely, um, thank you for the, the opportunity to support the safety doc. We also have ISS 24 seven supporting, uh, the security and the instant management of NFL, uh, stadiums, number of NFL stadiums. Ironically, I drove right by. Uh, Nissan Stadium, which is the home of the Tennessee Titans, like drove right by it on my way down and back. Like literally, the interstate goes, you know, within, you know, 500 feet of the stadium. So a nice stadium, by the way, um, and, and drove down and back. So, and um, a large number of NCAA arenas. And then also shopping malls and other large venues. Um, but ISS 24-7 Instant Management Command, um, have, they've done tremendous strides in icon-based reporting, which I think is going to be the trend of the future for any type of safety reporting. So um, I don't know if you can see or not, or if I made reference, but I do have the, the, the skeleton here of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean from... Um, Definitely from Disney, and I do have the spiked crazy hair today, so which I kind of like. I might just kind of go with this. So, um, and we have Sprigio, S P R I G E O, S P R G E O, Sprigio.com, supporting um, over half of the country in online bullying, safety, and threat reporting software. Joe Bruce is the CEO of the company out of Santa Barbara, California. Um, a tremendous individual, and the company uh, continues to grow, very effective, focuses strongly on user interface um, that is accessible by kids. So nice job, Joe, and congratulations on your continued growth of Spragio. And... Um, so again, ISS 24-7, Spragio, and John Grant and the 405 Media out of Los Angeles, California. So, so we're driving down to Alabama um, as part of our ways. We go through Alabama, and then, you know, we work our way down to Florida from Wisconsin. So we drive this. And, you know, everything fit in the trunk, which was kind of surprising. Um, I thought the trunk was much bigger than it was, but, um, again, things did fit. Um, I have a six-cylinder vehicle, which I'm very glad because there's a lot of lean changes that needed to happen on the way down and, and back. Um, so one of the things that, that was very fascinating to me about Alabama is my Garmin totally went rogue on me. And... There's construction happening on the Montgomery Highway, which apparently, and I download it, upload it, or the new, newly loaded Garmin maps, and something got mixed where it was taking me to the Montgomery Highway, which wasn't where I wanted to go. I wanted to go down to, to Dotham, and there's a road that goes through called the Montgomery Highway. But anyway, it was a mess. Um, I had to take like two hours of additional time. And I remember when I pulled up and it's like, this is your destination. I'm like, it was a road in the middle of nowhere and there were a few homes on each side. I'm like, there's no Best Western here. So, um, but we got it straightened out. I'm getting to learn the system too. It's like, it's a newer, it's a newer garment. One of the cool things about it is it, it does let you know when there are traffic delays ahead. It was very effective with that. Um, so I, I really appreciated that, um, and, and just in general, I mean, it, it did a nice job. Now, an I-4, I-4 goes through Florida. Now, I-4 on the way down, we ran into a lot of congestion um, in, in rush hour, but also they're, they're, they're ripping up Disney, so, like, the roads around there are all kind of messed up, and then I-4 itself is being reconstructed. Now, none of those things show up on the Garmin, even though I uploaded the new map, so... You kind of have to wing it once you're down there, you know, which I live in a community of 10,000 people. And, you know, with the greater, greater 
Orlando areas of like 3 million. So very interesting, but, uh, but we made it, you know, we made it fine. Have the hiccups here. Um, so, but once we got onto Disney, then, you know, you just kind of parked the car, then you're set, you know, your transportation is taken care of. So I, I did appreciate our, our vacation, our family. The first time I've been to Disney, it's really fascinated by it all. Um, and our, our, my two daughters, you know, my wife and I, but especially our two daughters, very, very much taken in by the entire experience. I personally think Epcot is, is the most fascinating of them all, but, but, uh, there, there was not a, a letdown in, in the whole group. I mean, it was very, it was very good. It's one of those things I do once in life. Um, I'm not sure I'd go down there again. Um, you know, I, I'd like to go down maybe to see or the Universal Studios, but that's a long drive. I mean, it was like 2,800 miles. I took a photograph of it from, you know, my doorstep down there and, and back. So um, I'm glad we split it up into a couple of days to get down there and back because it's, especially with kids, you know, to let them chill out a little bit and rest and, and get on the iPad and, and the internet and stuff. But, um, so yeah, anyway, what I want to talk about today is something that is really, it's, it's been bothering me because it's starting to show up in more and more contemporary studies. Um, and I see this in literature and I see people misinterpret this and I think this gets way too much overplay and I'm going to, uh, come out right now and, and just say, you know, I, I don't believe in the butterfly effect. I don't. Okay. And uh, first I'm going to, I'll define it in just a second, but, um, but, but I think we're getting into dangerous territory here because I've gone into jurn.org, J U R N.org. And jurn actually has research articles which have formulas, mathematical formulas. Um, which account for the butterfly effect. I mean, they're very elaborate. But in my opinion, in studying these two, they're also very inaccurate. Um, and it's trying to, basically, you're, through the butterfly effect, you're, you're, here's, here's an example. Butterfly flapping its wings in New Mexico might cause a hurricane in China. So, so the, what we're talking about here is like over time, this butterfly flaps its wings. It maybe causes a change in air currents, change in temperature. And then that has a ripple effect of amplifying. And then maybe, you know, days, if not months or whatever, it changes some weather patterns. We end up with a hurricane over China or it could have, you know, it could be a number of things, but it's like that small thing that, that could change this. So they have these formulas, which you, you know, come out with how these, these minute changes can, can have these ripple, can have these massive effects, you know, which, which is true. I mean, sometimes that plays out, but as they call it the butterfly effect, I don't subscribe to that at all. And I'll tell you why in a little bit, but anyway, let's get into some definitions here. So, um, so the butterfly is closely tied to something called the chaos theory, which I'll talk about too. So the butterfly effect is the phenomena whereby a minute localized change in a complex system can have large effects elsewhere. So again, I mean, just let's think of what it's called. I mean, the butterfly effect, so butterfly up in the sky, flapping its wings, warming the air, causing some type of, you know, change in pressure system and then, you know, resulting eventually in what is a hurricane in China or a tornado in Oklahoma or something like that. Um, all because of, of what the, what had started through this, this butterfly flapping its wings. So, um, so the butterfly effect is the concept that small causes uh, can have large effects. Initially, it was used with a weather prediction, but later um, the term became a metaphor used, um, you know, it, it, in and out of science. So that's from Wikipedia. But the thing is, I'm seeing this used more and more. 
like the butterfly effect is just coming up more and more in literature and in scientific studies. And I'm like, whoa, like, I understand where you're trying to get to. You're, you're, you're trying to take an event and back engineer enough to where you can get to the single cause for that event. But I'm telling you, I don't think that exists at all. I don't believe it exists at all. And to say you have this thing as a butterfly effect. So I read an article specifically saying, you know, like, well, we could measure fly, measure the butterfly effect, but we'd have to use, like, you know, infrared lasers to, like, measure how the butterfly moves. And that in and of itself is going to cause a new variable, introduce a new variable. And, you know, if we're photographing something and we're going to introduce a new variable, you know, to it too. And, you know, if we, uh, you know, reflection off a lens or something like, well, okay, there are trillions of variables, okay? Somebody exhaling air, you know, is is a variable. A gum wrapper that gets tossed on the ground and reflects up a certain amount of light is a variable. So to sit there and to say we have this butterfly effect going on, I just don't buy it, okay? I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I think it's just simply cause and effect. We've had cause and effect. You know, the butterfly effect is saying, you know, too, of like, well, if I, if, if my alarm clock, you know, would have, um, would have gone off on time, I would have been to work and, you know, where it was work, there was a fire and, and everybody perished or something like that. Well, things like that happen, you know, not everybody got on, um, you know, the plane in Marshall that crashed. Um, not everybody got to the World Trade Centers, and there were scenarios where obscure things kind of happened. But actually, though, the reality is those things happen every day, okay, to all of us. Those things happen every day. It's just that they don't result necessarily in a, a change where we might have missed being involved in some catastrophic event. But on the other hand, <laughs> you know, you can flip that around and say, well, you know, but Look at for all the people that were involved in catastrophic events because there wasn't a butterfly effect that played out a small, a small change. It would have altered them, so then they wouldn't have been in in you know harm's way of this car at the specific second hitting them or something like that. I I just don't subscribe to it. It's cause, it's 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 cause and effect. And what butterfly effect tries to do is it try, it tries to get to the point where you can disassemble things. And draw these lines back to the single thing that happened. And I just don't believe that's possible. I don't believe it'll ever be possible. I believe so many things are comorbid. You know, we talked about the weather. You know, um, it can be, you know, it can be the number of people exhaling. It, it can be, yeah, reflections off of certain things. There's, There are so many things that can contribute to this. Um, you know, newly paved uh, blacktop, you know, which reflects heat then into the atmosphere or something like that. Or a, I, I, I'm just saying, ah, uh, you know, we, 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 we get into these things where we try to point it back to this one thing. You know, these formulas do this. And I'm like, I'm looking at these things saying, you're so far off base on these. Uh, it, and there's a danger in this, and, and let me let me start to talk about that a little bit. But say we have, we have the butterfly effect, and we have something else called the chaos theory. So let's talk about the chaos theory. So the the chaos theory describes the transitions between um, order and disorder, which can be quite surprising. So it's kind of how you get in in, in disorder and how you get out of disorder. So that's the chaos theory. Chaos is the science of surprises. Basically, that's it. You know, so the surprises, things that we didn't expect. Um, so it's it's the nonlinear stuff. So if you drop an apple from, you know, 10 feet up, you expect it to hit the ground. Gravity is going to take effect. That's linear. We know that's going to happen. If we have, um, you know, like a 9-11, if we have something like that happen, we have a very nonlinear, unpredictable situation, which becomes under chaos theory. Um, it teaches us to teach, uh, understand that there is going to be the unexpected um, and to help us to realize that there's going to be an individual and a group response and just to see what that is. Observe it, try to identify it, and, and then try to learn from it 
Um, but yeah, linear again is very trans, uh, traditional, you know, linear is gravity. You know, you, you, you drop something up, you know, from 20 feet, you expect it to hit the ground at a certain speed, or, you know, you shoot an arrow at a target or whatever. I mean, there's certain things that are going to be very linear, very predictable, but you're not going to be un able to predict these things which are non-linear, which subscribe to the chaos theory. And chaos then is also non-predictable. So you don't know that these things are going to happen, but, but there are then responses to these things that happen, which you can, can learn from. So, um, which I think we did from, from 9-11. I've talked about that in previous, uh, um, episodes here, the safety doc. So, um, you know, we can never know all the initial conditions of a complex system um, and, and what those sufficient perfect details are which contribute to that. So that's the problem we run into when we talk about, like, the butterfly theory or, or you know, even slight errors are amplified. So, again, I presented on DPI data where one district might have, you know, middle school data which is errant. Well, then another district has some data that's errant. Another district has a data that's errant. Even if 1% or 2%, it gets amplified throughout the system, and then when you aggregate that data, your data is off, and then your data is just not usable. It's not very valuable. So, again, we see that amplification happen in school safety. We can also see that amplification happen in a number of, of safety um scenarios and in drills you know that people people work out these um let, let's talk about these drills where people come into schools and, and they simulate that there's been you know like an active shooter or something like that well again if you have slight interjects or slight variables those can amplify out significantly through that event let's say like you close off an exit um you know, the, the effect that that might have on amplifying the event, something that comes over, the announcements, whatever it can be. But even slight changes amplify events, and, and, and we don't account for that. But the thing is, you can be aware of it. You can be aware that these things happen, okay? So one of the things I, I want to clearly convey, and this is kind of where my, my points probably go out the window, somewhat here. I don't know if they go out the window, but I, I think I've made my points is I don't believe in the butterfly effect. I don't think you should believe in it either. I don't think it exists. I don't think we have the science to... I don't know if we'll ever have the science. I, I, I would say 100 years from now, I would be skeptical of this. And 200 years from now, that you'd be able to back engineer a significant event to a single causal factor which is the butterfly effect. And people who try to write papers to study, like they, the butterfly effect will say, well, by studying it, we actually introduce variables which then alter the, the course of things. Well, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I mean, this makes sense. It's not, nothing is as easy. We, we live in very complex systems, okay, folks? Very complex systems. And when it comes to school safety, what worries me is if the butterfly effect starts to see its way into school safety literature and into studies, I have a concern that it can also be dismissal in nature, meaning that a person could say, well, you know, it was due to this one, this one unforeseen factor. And because of that, it just played out the way that it did. Um, I, I just, I, I don't like the butterfly effect in, in almost any aspect. Everything is cause, cause and effect. Everything is cause and effect. So if you're looking at safe schools, um, you know, for example, you need to understand chaos theory. You under, you, you need to understand that, um, you know, group response to a crisis is going to be very dynamic. And it's not going to be, you know, linked back to one one thing. Um, it's going to be who's in the member, who's your membership of that group at that time, what their situation, what their context is. And again, we think we tend to think, and we tend tend to plan very much for school safety in, in terms of very linear traditional things. 
When you go down the hallway for a fire drill, what is the last time somebody has taken you and said, you know, we can't go through this this hallway because it's it's blocked off because, um, yeah, you know, there's there's um, a fire danger in this hallway or this hallway's on fire. Or also that you do your drill during a lunch hour or something that would be inconvenient. You don't. You stay linear. You stay linear with these things. You don't go nonlinear. Chaos is seeing how things work out when you are not linear, when you're not traditional, okay? And we don't we don't do that. And it's okay. We strive. This is the part that the handbooks don't cover. The handbooks never will say, like, there will be the potential for the chaos theory to take place and for nonlinear things to happen. And that we have to then recognize, and I go back to Carl Weick's sense-making theory, which is excellent, um, how to recognize when nonlinear events are happening, chaos, and then what's happening around us, and then how we can best adjust ourselves and our safety to those situations, which isn't going to, I can't tell you what that is. You That has to be an in-the-moment um, analysis that, that goes on, but an awareness that that is going on. Um, and it, it can, and it can, and it does. Um, so anyway, just just really... Really strange. So to make some points clear again, I do not subscribe to the K to not to kiss, but to the butterfly. Um, this whole butterfly effect of again a butterfly flapping its wings in New Mexico might cause a hurricane in China. Yeah, I don't believe it. Okay, I don't. I just <sighs> there are too many factors. I mean, <laughs> again, you know. Somebody puts a shiny roof on a house and that reflects up and, and you know, heats some, some storm cloud or um, it, it, there are just way, 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 way too many factors. And you can, you know, the millions, millions of factors and momentary factors, um, you know, of, of, of things that, that go on. So, but it's, unsettling for me to see these mathematical formulas that start to pop up and, and to try to scientifically point this back to a specific cause. I don't think you can do it. I don't think you should try to do it. And then the formulas, I think, are giving this, this misimpression, especially I don't like this in the way that this works out just in safety in general, that we can go back in a butterfly effect um, to to go to to one situation one event which caused whatever because you know when we look at school shooters I, I don't I don't believe there's there well first of all we don't have a profile of a school shooter but there's there's one event that that happened um, you know usually these things are, are well thought out well in advance of, of the event um, but there's variables that happen to that child there's variables of circumstance that happen around the, the school. Um, I, 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 folks, I, I just, I just don't believe in this. And the butterfly effect is, is frequently now cited too for people who say, well, I could have been on this airplane that crashed, but because I was late or because the car didn't start or because the, you know, the laundry wasn't done at the certain time and I needed to make sure it was done or else I can't open up the, the washer. Um, and then there's just the survivor's guilt that comes in and it's like, well, you know, let's cause an effect. The reality is that stuff happens every day to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Okay. We all have these things happen every single day to us. Okay. So, and in most cases, nothing ever happens or, or what happens. I shouldn't say that. What happens is benign. We don't pay attention to it. It doesn't alter to the point where it, it it's something we would recognize um, different from our sense making or our flux. You know, so if we end up three minutes later at work, then we do. It's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, so but. Oh boy, I I I just I just do not like to see where this is going, you know, this butterfly effect and I would like to see this gone. I'd like to see it gone to be honest because I think everything comes back to cause and effect. Cause and effect. I think we also get into a little bit of a risk with the butterfly effect too of saying 
we you can you can back this even up into this predestined thing you know well this was predestined to happen um it's like well no i mean do you have volitional control over making decisions and control over your destiny and and things like that or 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 not but that's that's the other direction this butterfly effect could head it is it could it could really start to um put a a divide between us and between responsibility and I, I just don't i don't like that folks i don't like where this is going i want you to think very seriously about butterfly effect and if i'm the person that didn't get on that airplane or i didn't get on that highway at that certain time because yeah i you know i had to pull over and and spend an extra 60 seconds reprogramming the garment or something so i missed the accident that's cause and effect. That's not butterfly effect. So people get this butterfly effect and it starts to get, that, that was fate. It was fate. It was fate that this happened. Not that I'm not religious. I don't believe in fate, but I, I'm just telling you things happen every day. The fact that you needed to reprogram your Garmin for 60 seconds, you missed a, a fatal accident. That's not fate. That's cause and effect. Okay. So. It's very interesting to to uh, study the chaos the chaos theory though, because the chaos theory probably ties closer in with the September 11th, and I talked about that once before. The September 11, 2011 attacks, where 500,000 people were rescued from Lower Manhattan in about nine hours without any fatalities, um, and, and that completely was done from chaos the science of surprises no one expected the towers to be attacked and then that whole non-linear and unpredictable response of how people would come together um, to execute that that evacuation so what it teaches us again is to expect the unexpected and if there's one thing i need to try to get through to to you and now that i'm preaching to you because i'm not I'm, I'm i'm just like you folks i'm just like you but it is, you have to expect the unexpected, and you have to realize when that's happening. One of the biggest things, when I, when I did my dissertation work and studied some of the, the results out of NASA's top pilots, is they, they, all of us get so ingrained in expecting the expected, expecting the expected, and not expecting the unexpected, okay? And, and so that's where the pilots would go along during scenarios. And all of a sudden, you know, scenarios would get changed up just a little bit. And what happens is it's, it's like you hit that, that curve, but, you know, you, you're still driving straight. So you miss the curve. And by the time you have to correct, you have to make a pretty severe correction or else you totally miss the curve. And that's what happens to these pilots. They, they, they just don't recognize that, that subtle change. And I'm saying it, it's, the same, it's the same thing, um, you know, that all of us go through. It's just we need this hyper-attention, this hyper-attention of our environment. Scan your environment. One of the things I did at Disney, now, again, I'm a safety kind of expert this is my thing is like you know i scan the environment i know what's around me you know i know what's around my kids i know the settings i know the exits now it's in it's fascinating to me that disney claims that they evacuated all of their part their 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 theme park um, participants people attending in 30 minutes on 9 11. In a way it does, in a way it doesn't, because September 11, 2001, I don't, I don't think they would have had a, a big attendance, especially in the morning at their parks, because um, people, kids would have been back at school, vacation season done. It's not their busiest time of year, so I don't know what the numbers are. But where they, where they evacuated to, I don't have an answer to that. Like, you know, was it to the hotels or whatever, and you know what the process was, and like... To me, I didn't find it very easy to navigate Disney. Either did my my wife or my kids. Um, you know, you have some landmarks, but Disney's not the easiest to navigate. Um, and even even with the maps, now how they how they counter that is, you can ask anyone who works for Disney. You know, can you help me find whatever? And and, and they help you out. So they do a great job with that. But as far as like being able to 
look at a map and find my way around Disney? No, that was absolutely not happening. Um, so if there was some some crisis event, uh, I, I'm not sure what what that rescue protocol you know was. I I didn't ask. I don't know. But but the fact that they they obviously think about this you know all all of the time. Um, but the fact that they evacuated in 30 minutes on September 11, 2001 is impressive. But I don't think they were very busy at that time also. Um, so, um, folks, let's talk a little bit more. Um, so we talked about the butterfly effect. It's something you're going to hear about more and more in research. You're going to hear about it more in stories. And it's one of those things, and I can see where it's easy to go to where it also ties into this whole survivor's, you know, guilt type thing of if it would have been, you know, five minutes later, five minutes after, it's like, well, but that's life. That's the way everything is, okay? Um, and not to be callous about that, but that's just, that's cause and effect. That's science. That, that's the reality of the way life works. Um, and the fact that a butterfly flapping its wings in New Mexico might cause a hurricane in China, yeah, I don't believe that, okay? So, again, too many variables coming into play. How this affects personal safety, though, too, is I think when we drill, when we bring in interagency drills and we we drill a certain way for what we anticipate for an active shooter or intruder event, we run into almost like that butterfly effect where we, we kind of single out of, like, this is how it will develop, this is how we'll respond to it. The fact is, no, it's not that way at all. It's going to be very dynamic. It's going to be chaos. Theory is going to rule the day. And not that that's horrible, because it's not. Chaos theory does have a way of, of working itself out. It's full of surprises. It's not linear. It's, it's unpredictable. But the fact that then you can implement, which I've talked about before, um, Carl Weiss's uh, theory of sense-making and making sense of what's around you, identifying your in-the-moment context and situation, and then, you know, your environmental protection that you have around you and, and then acting in your best interest. Um, you know, those are those are all really key things. So um, let me kind of wrap up here by uh, talking about uh, a subject which is I, I'm researching right now is going to be something um future for the the safety doc show and that's microaggressions we've heard more about microaggressions um and in i i've seen presentations on microaggressions i i posted or i, I retweeted i believe an article uh, by i don't know psychology journal or if it was a researcher but I read it and, and did more or less agree, but I'm I, I'm not I'm not an advocate of of subscribing to this whole microaggressions um, movement. I'm I'm just not. I just don't see it. Um, and I think if we get to that level, we're going to get to such a hyper analysis of what we say and how we act that it is going to fundamentally change us as people. Um, yeah, and, and, boy, folks, I, I, I just, I, I don't like where we go with micro, microaggressions, where, where this whole thing is going. Because what's, what's eventually, you know, going to happen, um, is, you know, it's going to be a student saying, well, you know, if, if you write within the context of my paper, I feel that then that challenges my work. So, you know, you should, you should write on the, uh, you know, in the in the outer columns of the paper, um, and, and it, it, there are just I'll give examples. I've been working through a number of them, um, but I, I just I just don't I just don't see it. Okay, um, and th that it's become what it has become because you know. I, I, again, I think we, we encounter a very dangerous crossroads when we get into micro, microaggressions. Um, I personally haven't 
felt any microaggressions. People could say, well, you know, you have white privilege and you're a male, which I don't know, you know, possibly, but, um, but I, but even studying microaggressions, I, I just don't, I just do not see it. Okay. I just don't see it. And we're going to talk more, you know, about that in, in an upcoming podcast. So, uh, I, it's, it's fascinating. I did the, the presentation on mainstreaming, um, on inclusion, on tolerance and acceptance. And, and it didn't seem like many of you were really into that. So, uh, I think those are really important, substantial topics, but you know, I also want you to know that I will be interviewing a former NFL fullback in the next few weeks. I do have a person who's traveled to a number of foreign countries, including Haiti, who's going to be doing a presentation about personal safety, has some amazing stories to share. Um, and also, uh, we'll finalize the time with Michelle Gay, um, who was a parent of a child who did uh, perish at Sandy Hook. So those will be coming up. Um, I do know uh, a number of you appreciate the interviews here on the show, and those seem to get a, um, a much, uh, you know, a much more popular, um, I guess, following um, than some of the more original content when, when it's just kind of me diving into some of the concepts and things like that. So. Um, where we are at though, is we are at, I believe this is episode, I don't know if this is 19 or 20th, but we're heading up there at the safety dock, which is really exciting for me. Again, we do have some, uh, additional terrific interviews lined up. I had to wait until we got back from Disney until, you know, those, those went into place. But, um, but yeah, uh, those, those will be coming forward. So. I do have additional articles that I want to go through also. I think it's important every, you know, four, five, six shows that we sit down and we talk about some of the contemporary literature that's out there about school safety, school safety, safety in general, uh, because it is largely based upon rhetoric, less based upon empirical data uh, and, and just research in, in general. That's where I encourage you to go to jurn, J-U-R-N dot, dot org. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm very much, um, am going to be taking a few articles, uh, apart again, which I've done in the past. So, um, what did I like about Disney? So let's ask the safety doc what he likes about Disney. Um, one is, uh, they, they've got they they've come up with these bands i don't have mine readily available but they're they're magic bands you wear them uh so it has all your personal identification on it and you just can scan it when you go into a park and and if you make a purchase you can just put it down and it's kind of like a credit you, you don't have to have any cash anything on you at, at all in the park which is really a convenient thing, but it's also very convenient if you have children and they would happen to get lost. As long as they had their band on, um, they'd be identified and then they could be reunited through you, to you. Um, I do have, I, I did have my phone on and did have my GPS feature on. So I had, I could track where I was at in the park and things like that. So really some phenomenal things. Um, I, I, my first time to Disney World, but I I do understand from people I've been there that the use of the Magic Band and kind of using that um, to you know be also your room key and you know to identify everybody in your party and so forth and individually is has really advanced. So I appreciate that. Um, and from a safety standpoint, it is really a, a great thing. And you know, I'm looking at that thing to school safety of, you know, I'm not saying everybody should wear a band, but, you know, um, student IDs, you know, that they be scannable with, you know, with information that would maybe contain, you know, who your classroom teacher is, um, anything that might contain allergies or any other, um, you know, situations that might medical information that might be relevant relatively, you know, 
uh, warranted to be conveyed at that time. Now, that's not that anyone can go on and, and to do that. You know, you'd have to have like the equipment to do that. But, but I think there are benefits to, to definitely doing that. Um, it was interesting to me because I didn't really see a lot of like the peanut-free, gluten-free stuff type type of things at at Disney. Uh, very interesting where we stayed. It was along a a kind of lagoon river type thing. So there'd be periodic little signs of being like, don't come down here by the water because of the sharks, not sharks, potential alligators and snakes. Because my daughter thought there was a shark, but didn't see an alligator, did not see a snake the whole time down there. Uh, which has, again, irony because as soon as it will warm up to 75, the snakes, grass snakes will come out. And from we have parkland we butt up against, and they'll be coming up against the back of the house in that area in our yard, which doesn't bother me at all because they eat the wood ticks and mosquitoes and things like that. So, nope, I have no problem with that. So, um, but uh, I I liked, I went on Peter Pan's ride, which is one of the originals. Now, Disney opened the same year I was born, so there's a little bit of a connection there. And I didn't realize that Walt built that on Swampland and, and all of all of that. Like some of it was less than two hundred dollars an acre. And now, you know, the adjacent the property is like eighty thousand an acre. But uh Disney Orlando, uh only twenty five percent of it's been developed, so they're continuing to add theme parks now. I know Universal has the competition down there, but as far as like a family vacation, I felt safe. I felt safe for the girls. You know, we were in large crowds. They were navigated. If they would have been lost, I'm not sure how we would have been paired up, but I'm sure that, that you know, they have obvious procedures, you know, to do that. And the fact that you do have the band, you know, would make me, make me feel very, very secure um, about that. So anyway, uh, it's... Hard to return to work a little bit after having that week off where you go down there, um, especially the drive. We initially drove to uh, Paducah, so we split the drive up, which I think was a good thing having my my daughters instead of driving straight through. Drove to Paducah, Kentucky, which I like. Um, I really like the town. Um, and I think there's a place called the King's Castle or, or something to that extent. If you're from Paducah listening, you're like, I know exactly where that place is. And um, they had really great food. It's been in place like 75 years, family restaurant. And I said, you look at the menu, it's like $1.75 for this, like $2 for this or whatever. Like your whole bill is like $20. And the food's good. Um and and I thought that was really I, I like the community people are really nice, and uh, and Dolan a little bit larger you know so it's kind of a hub and then they have this massive peanut you know that's probably a couple stories tall out in this this huge fairgrounds area this, the peanut festival so which is cool for you Dolan just not really in the peanuts and, and, and you see the signs on there boiled peanuts like stop here for boiled peanuts I'm like, I've never had a boiled peanut like I'm fine with not having that or stop in and see the baby alligators like we're okay without seeing the baby alligators we're fine with that um, but, um, but yeah that, that was very interesting one of the things I did is I, I did contact the credit card company before we left and I told them where we would be on what dates and also, like, largely the purchases would be, like, gas and food. That would be it. And um, I already had the, the hotel stuff kind of taken care of. And uh, that worked out well because then I, I didn't have any problem with the credit card. So there's something else here from the safety doc that I recommend out to you. Um, but, yeah. And making the reservations ahead of time. One time, uh, I went up to Superior, and we didn't make reservations. And oh my goodness, they had some some tall boat festival, and everything was booked up for like hours around there. So by the time we got up, ended up actually turning around and coming back home.